I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. You are listening to an HD Smartcast original. Ever wondered when you should retire? Have you thought of how much money you need to make before planning your retirement? Do you find planning your retirement a big task? Here are the answers to all your questions. My name is Ashutosh Garg and I am the author of the best-selling book Reinvent, Reboot, Rewire, Managing Retirement in the 21st Century. You are listening to my podcast, No Age for Retirement. Not only is this podcast the brainchild of the brand called you, it is also an HT Smartcast original and it is available on htsmartcast.com, India's fastest growing podcast producing platform. I am Arini and I am with Ashutosh Garg. Ashutosh sir has had an illustrious career in the corporate world. And then at the age of 46, he built the Guardian Pharmacy into one of the largest pharmacy chains in the country today. He successfully exited the company at 60. And at that age, when most people call quits, he started two more companies. One of them is Equation Coaching, which is building a team of one of the finest executive coaches in the world and the brand called you. Hello, sir. Hi, Arani. At a time when most of the 20, 25-year-olds in my company are, are lazing around in sleep, I text you at 5 a.m. in the morning as well as 11 p.m. at night and you always have an answer. You make 60 feel like just a number. Is it just a number or is it the time to retire? Okay, so Arani, first let me say, I think the feeling is mutual. You know, I'm over 60 and you're not even 30. So I think I'm learning so much talking to you, interacting with you, and it makes me feel alive. Coming to your question, is 60 just a number? You know, a lot of things get thrown about saying today is 60s, yesterday is 40, and so on and so forth. I sometimes laugh at it and say if today is 60s, 40, then 40s, 20, then what is today's 20? You know, is it yesterday's three? So answer is that it is all in your mind. How relevant do you want to be first to yourself? How relevant do you want to be to the society within your own family? Because I remember when my grandfather turned 60, he was with the government and he retired when he was 58. And then the only thing left for him was to pick up the mala and sit in front of God and say his prayers. My father retired as a brigadier and he was far more active. And I think as life is getting longer and as we're getting more healthy, if in your own mind you believe that there is no question of when you need to hang up your gloves, you can keep going, maybe not necessarily in the same company that you were working for, but in something new completely. So when I speak to my friends who say that, you know, I'm going to retire, I say that retirement has nothing to do with you. 
as an individual, it has everything to do with the superannuation policies of your employer. And given today's health, such good health most of us have, and access to such good medical facilities, it is my view that our life post what you call superannuation will be almost as long as your working life. So you probably will work 30, 35 years from the time you say 25 to 30 till the time you're 60. And then you probably have another 30 years from 60 to 90. So you're saying that we have to stay relevant, but then there is a one major thing that comes up and that's health. How do you stay fit post 60? What is your regimen and what do you advise? So I think fitness is something we owe to ourselves. If you look at the only asset that I own, it's my body. And if I don't look after my body, I am destroying my own life. I find a lot of people when they start getting into their 40s, start letting their bodies go. They stop exercising, they start overeating, they start putting on weight. That's when there is a lot of stress that you have at work. That's when you have a lot of pressures, financial and otherwise, of your family. And that's when you start ignoring your own health. So, you know, what used to happen earlier in the 50s and 55-year-old, today you're seeing in the early 40s, you know, cardiac problems and diabetic problems and stress-related problems. So I think number one is that one has to have a regimen of exercising regularly. I work out even today for an hour and 15 minutes, five days a week. I do yoga one hour or three days a week in the morning. And I play golf at least once a week, maybe twice a week. So you can see how many hours of exercise or workout I put in as I get older. More important than exercise is to make sure that my medical parameters are under control. A lot of us in, in our country have this myth that if I don't get to know what's wrong with me, I'm okay. Right. So I have so many friends who don't want to go to the hospital, who don't want to get a blood test done or who don't want to get a sugar test done. And I see that by not taking this test, you're only harming yourself first and then harming your family because you're an integral part of your larger family. So therefore, you have to stay fit and you have to follow it like a routine. Coming from health, I have seen my maternal grandfather and, and also his friends. The day he retired, he's like, okay, from now on, I'm just waiting for my death. Yeah. And he retired at 65, thanks to the new policies of the government. But then he has been like that for the past, how much, 15 years now? I think it's very important to stay mentally fit as well, staying relevant. So what do you think that people should do to stay mentally fit after death? they retire or they turn 60. So this is a fascinating question. I've written a whole book on retirement, which is done extremely well. I think once you have decided to superannuate, which is the end of one working life, in today's world, you have a lot of options to do something different, which I call my second innings. I know friends who decided that they wanted to continue working. So they went back to their own company and they said, we want to work another 10 years. And because of all the experience they had, they took a lighter workload. They kept working, kept contributing. The downside of that is that these individuals had to agree to work for someone who used to report to them. So therefore, they had serious challenges in accepting their former subordinate as their boss. Then there are a lot of people I have seen who want to become entrepreneurs or want to do something very different. So people have started companies. And the famous case across the world is... Colonel Sanders of Kentucky Fried Chicken, who started K 
KFC, I think, when he was 60 or a little over that. Right. So you could become an entrepreneur. And in today's world, there are lots of options to take franchises. So you can take a franchise and uh, you can run a store. There are other options available for you to stay busy. And when I say busy, not necessarily just in a frivolous sense, but you can become a contributor to society. So you can become a member of your resident welfare association and take up an office uh, in the association. You could write a book. You could go and teach. You can get associated with an NGO. The important thing to remember is that you must do something that interests you. And I'm also a great believer that you must get compensated for it. Because if you are compensated, may not necessarily be at the same level that you were getting earlier, but you must get a compensation because only then will you take what you are doing seriously. And only then will the person you're working with you will take you seriously. Right. So it's, it's, there's a lot of mutuality in building a life in your second innings. It's in your second innings, you must stay engaged and partly busy. Yeah. But with the world is changing very, very fast yeah. and it's going very digital, which is very different from what it was 20 years yeah. back. Yeah. I have seen you trying to catch up and I bought a GoPro, you bought a GoPro mm. the second day and you have tried to stay relevant very hard and you, you really make an effort. So how do you stay relevant in this changing world? I think it's important for everybody my age to understand the way technology is changing. My appreciation of being able to handle technology will never be as good as yours. Right. right? You've been trained differently. You've learned things differently. But if I was to take myself back 40 years when computers were coming in, I used to be, you know, feel I was very, very good at working with computers. And my father would say that I don't know how to type, so therefore I can't work on a computer, right? So it's a generational shift that takes place regularly. And today, if someone says that I don't know how to use a computer, it's quite silly, irrespective of how old the person may be. But in today's world of social media, in term, today's world of artificial intelligence, in today's world of using all these new technologies that are coming in, people of my age must be able to appreciate and use the technology. At no stage can anyone my age say that I will become an expert in writing out code or doing something which is different. But it would be a very unfortunate thing if I say I don't know how to use the technology. Now, the other part is financial stability. You have earned what you have earned. Though you, ha- you just mentioned that you should take some compensation for the work that you continue doing. Mm-hmm. But then I'm pretty sure that's not going to be as much as yeah. what you earned before. So how do you ensure that you remain financially stable throughout the next 25, 30 years that you're going to be alive? Arani, I think it is important for most people to start planning their funds from the time they're in their early 40s. You need to be able to sit down and say that when I turn 60, this is the kind of money that I will need to, at the very least, maintain the lifestyle that I'm going to get used to. And mind you, when you're planning in your early 40s, you know that your lifestyle will only get better and better till the time you reach 60. So you need to have sufficient money. And if you sit down with any advisor, financial advisor, they can put down and say that this is the amount of money that you need today. If you were to maintain the same lifestyle, this is the amount of money that you will need 20 years from now. 
and therefore start setting aside so much money every year, every month or whatever you choose to. If you haven't done that and you have reached your mid-50s and you're about to retire, then I think you've got a problem because then you don't have the runway ahead of you to say, I've got 20 years or 15 years or 10 years left when I will earn enough and set it aside. In which case it becomes even more important to do something post-retirement and earn some money. So planning has to start for your new phase of life post 60 in your early 40s. So you plan your retirement well. That's, you that's the advice you're giving to younger people. Absolutely. Not to people about, about 60. But um, you started two companies after you turned 60. So what motivated you? I guess two things. You know, and both companies are very different. I am a certified coach. So I coach half a dozen senior executives in top kind, large uh, multinational companies. I do that because it keeps me in touch with what is happening with a lot of uh, new businesses. And of course, there's, there's a lot of you know, good money associated with coaching as well. As far as the brand called you is concerned, I think it really started by my meeting you and this whole concept of let us start looking for individuals whose story you and I want to tell to the world. And that is because there are, you know, in, in several parts of the U.S., there are many, many, many successful stories that are talked about. In our country, there are only eight to ten big names that you can think of. And they are the people who get spoken about. In the startup world, there are thousands and thousands of startups. We talk about the one unicorn or now the one indicorn that uh, may come up in, in one year or, or two years. But what happens to all the stories of the corporate professionals? What happens to the stories of all the successful startup entrepreneurs? What happens to all the stories of the businessmen who have had such an exciting life and who are leading such exciting lives and contributing so much to society? Who will take their stories out? And that is what you and I discussed and we said, let's partner together and work on the brand called you. Because the world must know successes. Right. It's important for people to learn from the wisdom that we get from each of these individuals who come on our shows. Mm -hmm. And we are then able to share it with thousands of people who listen to our podcast. So I think for me, the just the sheer excitement of being able to do two different things, work with a young group of people like all of you, just kept me motivated and going to form to start all over again at 60. Right. So even if you are 60, you can still follow your passion. Of course. And yeah, that's that's been really great. I mean, working with you for for young people who are watching, I think it's uh, it's great to have a co-founder who is double your age, uh, if not more. Yeah. Uh, it brings in so much experience. Like when you teach about the SKUs, how important it is to categorize and catalog your work, how to document it and how to set the processes, operational process procedures. I think I have not learned as much in the 10 years that I have been an entrepreneur that I have learned in the past one yeah. year. So it's been absolutely fantastic. Now, let's talk about social media. You are an, a Twitter influencer. There are, by influencer, I mean there are people who actually pay you to tweet and you are extremely active on LinkedIn. So what keeps you going and why, why do you find social media so exciting? 
I think this is an amazing communication platform that the world has got now. Right. I mean, can you imagine? And I was talking to some of my journalist friends mm. when I was growing up. They were about six, seven, eight big journalists. Right. They would put their views out in the newspapers. We would read their editorials, and we would form our opinions on what they said. Today, social media has democratized information. And uh, today, when I read something in the news, today when I read something on various digital platforms, I'm able to form my own view, and then I'm able to express my own view. And I think that ability to be able to think and share what I think, and then get a response back from people. Who either castigate me for my views or agree with me for my views? I think that keeps me very, very, you know, uh, keeps me going. Like this morning, um, I had posted one of our videos, and I got a message back from someone to say that I love listening to your videos. There is so much I learn from them, and you know, I, I'm going to keep following you. I'm going to keep uh, you know listening to what you are saying, listening to all your what all your guests are saying, because every time you send, you know, I hear this, I learn something. Wow. So I think these kind of you know messages that are happening keep me excited about what's happening in in the world of social media, and you know I just love to explore all the new platforms. Right, and you recently changed your title on LinkedIn as a storyteller, which you rightfully are. That's great. And now, what's your advice to all the young people who are turning sixty? Anyone who's turning sixty, I would say there is a fabulous life on the other side. Heavens don't fall when you turn sixty, and yet we've already spoken about all the things that we can do for sixty. And yet, I also tell a lot of my friends who are turning sixty that our bodies are not as agile as they were forty years ago. So it is better for us to accept the fact that we are getting older. There's no point in my saying that I'm going to run the marathon, even though a lot of people do run the marathon if they train well. But I cannot say that. I am as fit as I was twenty years ago, thirty years ago. So I have to accept the reality of life, which is I will start slowing down, uh, and everyone will slow down at the different pace. But there is no reason for anyone to give up their zest for life simply because you have turned sixty. I think there is so much to do in this world, and each one of us has the ability to contribute much more. Remember, and again, I have said this many times, that people like me, I refer to as the post-independence kids. Very similar to what the baby boomers were after the Second World War. Most of us have children who have grown up and are well settled in their own lives. Are probably living somewhere else. We have no liabilities. We have more than enough money, and therefore, there is so much to see and do in this world. That there's no point in sitting with a grumpy face saying I've turned sixty and that's the end of my life. Well, fantastic! Thank you so much. We're going to discuss more on retirement in weeks to come. Be with us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, the brand called You, and never miss any update. For feedback. reach us on at hd smartcast we are present on facebook instagram and twitter to listen to more podcasts by the brand called you log on to www.hdsmartcast.com or suno nay nazariye se 
This was an HD Smartcast original. HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.